For Tandem Launch, I'm Jermaine Murray, and this is The Launch, a podcast all about startups. Today, COVID-19 has completely reshaped our world. This is especially true within technology. For the first time in a long time, instead of being the disruptor, technology is being disrupted. Startups everywhere are trying to figure out what the next move is. How do we pivot? How do we adapt? And how do we survive? There's a startup in Montreal that uses machine learning to power chemical sensing, and they're starting to figure it out. This is the story of Stratasit, as told by their CTO, Ashok Masalamani. So prior to, uh, prior to COVID-19, Stratasit was doing some pretty interesting stuff. Can you tell us a bit about what your operations were like, you know, pre-COVID-19 and how they've changed post-COVID-19? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So Stratasent is actually, uh, you know, a startup that is building a technology uh, that can digitize the world of smells. Uh, So why we say it like that is because the camera sensor is useful to digitize the world of vision by capturing visuals, either a picture or a video. Your microphone is a sensor that can capture the and digitize the world of sound. And same way, proximity sensors and touch sensors in your phone digitize the sense of touch, right? In equivalence, you know, in your phone, if you look at it in your smart device, there is no current sensor that can uh, digitize the world of smells, which is part of our world, right? The human world. And uh, Stratacent is basically uh, doing essentially that, uh, that, that part. And as a technology, it, it contains, you know, um, a, a many set of things that enables this. But the key aspect is uh, like our human nose, uh, which is the part that detects the smells. It has an array of chemical receptors, you know, that enables the ability to sense a chemical or a smell in the, in the, in the real world. And similar to our human nose, where the brain comes in and kind of interprets what it is smelling uh, from, that is coming out of the sensor, we have artificial intelligence that does the part of interpreting what the chemical receptor is smelling currently. So that is a combination of technology that we have been working and uh, we have enabled and uh, successfully where we have currently it, it is ready for deployment for, for enabling this particular capability, right? Like for various applications. Um, as you can imagine, one can ask like, you know, uh, okay, if we enable digitizing the world of smells, what can one do, right? Um, if you can imagine with cameras, what we have done is like gone beyond just taking pictures. You know, right now our uh, we use it for security uh, purposes. We use it for, you know, uh, there are cameras that are used like, you know, in a more uh, thermal capacity to look at even temperature. Uh, there are, um, you know, facial recognition systems that can recognize people, you know, or objects, you know, and, and there is a number of things that we are enabling with the camera. In a similar manner, uh, you can imagine if you can, uh, have the ability to uh, detect smells, uh, one can imagine uh, what, what are our possible uh, scenarios, right? For example, in even your fridge, uh, if you have a sensor embedded in your fridge that can tell you ahead of time that a particular uh, food item is going to spoil in the next two, three days, you can save it so you can reduce food spoilage. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You, you, you could have just saved me a bunch of money yesterday. I, I had to throw out exactly. like half a dozen eggs because they are past the expiration date. So that could have prevented me from not only opening up my yeah, fridge yeah. and getting hit with that unexpected funky smell. Ex- oh, yeah, exactly. I could have made an exactly. omelet a week yeah. earlier. Thank you and, for that. And, and uh, 
even in your cooktop let's say like you know uh, imagine uh, you don't need to be standing next to your cooktop if your cooktop can automatically smell ahead of time that your food is about to get burnt or dried and and it stops the cooktop automatically keeping it you know in the right condition for you to eat again reducing food wastage there from burning but also uh, dried food is not good right because you are losing nutrition you know so it needs to be in the right you know uh, optimal point for you to be consuming it right mm-hmm. like so uh and if you come into your living room um you know the air quality of your living room now that we are all um you know quarantined and we are staying in our home the quality the air quality in your indoors uh, matters a lot more like you know how do we know about that like you know if people have pets uh, people have other kind of you know uh, possibilities with respect to their home like you know formation of molds uh, indoors uh, again molds like you know can release chemicals right now there is no mechanism to monitor any of this right if you have the ability to monitor them it could simply tell people to open the windows to enable like more air flow or it could be automatically controlling the there is a air vent system and that can enable like you know the air flow in a way where uh, your 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 uh, indoor air is clean right um and and in the living room now like you know you have a mobile phone let's say your phone has this capability eventually in the future uh now as you're speaking into your phone uh the air sample from your breath goes into the phone like you know it hits the microphone and that's how like you know we convert the sound waves into uh, digitally into like files right but if that air sample uh can be like you know um sensed with a sensor like ours which sits next to a microphone imagine the possibility because from your breath uh, based on the hydration levels all the way to various other chemicals that might be there in your breath you can look at a initial screening of your health condition right it could it could predict like basic dehydration all the way to like you know hey there is something off here right like you know where where you can connect to uh, you know your doctor or like you know go to the next step of like checking further what is what what is a, what is a health condition problem one individual might have so this is just in the home right like when i when you look at it all the way from the kitchen we went to the living room and all the way to the individual right but now you can take it further and imagine what if you know we can detect smells uh, you know in various locations like you know across the food supply chain for example right uh, how much wastage we can reduce like you know uh, refrigerator trucks uh, can they reduce wastage if a capability like this is there you know where where they are transporting a lot of uh, produce produce and meat etc when it, when it comes to uh food wastage and things of that nature how how much are we talking in terms of financial impact uh in terms of just food gone to waste you know do you have an idea what Th- those numbers no may look like there is no grasp of that yet actually because it is it is not a simple problem of uh food wastage is one dimensional uh because food wastage ac- uh, happens across the across the entire supply chain all the way from the farmers you know where you may waste uh, your particular produce because there isn't enough enough pickers to pick them right and it, it all gets wasted in the field that's a different type of wastage problem but then once it gets picked it gets sourced and it gets stored in a particular facility then it gets transported it goes to retail uh, some of them goes to a food processing facility because they get further processed and then again they get stored transported goes to retail and then consumers buy right uh there are some interesting facts uh, we found when we were like working on this particular domain is in north america or, or in the western countries in general a lot of the wastage of the food happens in the consumer side because we have uh, a lot of abundance in food production and distribution uh so consumers buy a lot more because um you know general food and beverage is relatively cheap and then we keep it in our fridge and we waste a lot 
actually. So 47% of food wastage in, uh, in Western countries happen in the consumer side. Whereas the rest of the world, like, you know, like uh, country, like continents like Asia and Africa, um, you know, people don't waste food after they buy. Like, you know, they try to consume all of it in a relative sense. Again, like it's a relative statement. Uh, but more wastage actually happens in storage and transport because, you know, these are vast places like where, you know, and also technology wise, uh, you know, sourcing and storing and, uh, you know, transporting and distributing. That's where more wastage happens. So it depends on geographical uh, areas and everything. But largely uh, the world uh has been seeing a big abundance uh, in terms of food production right like you know and and uh, uh, and there is a lot of wastage that is associated with it in different uh, parts of the supply chain and there are specific uh, you know uh, points of the supply chain uh, that a technology that has a capability to smell uh, you know, and use that as an indicator to reduce spoilage, like, you know, and and uh, so those are definitely uh, possibilities that we were actually, like, you know, not just exploring, we we, we, we were actually actively into this domain uh, pre-COVID-19. That was one of the major uh, set of things that we were doing. Uh, and and, and uh, other than that, we were also uh, still exploring some of the air quality monitoring, whether it is domestic or commercial buildings or, or like, uh, you know, uh, work buildings, like uh, industrial buildings, etc. Uh, so, yeah. So it sounds like Stratison, uh, your product and the technology behind it had a lot of applications, different markets. I find it interesting that your, your company was able to look at the two sides of waste in terms of uh, in the West, it's more on the consumer side and in other parts of the world, it's more on the production side. So it seems like you're, you're yeah. exploring different spaces and then COVID-19 hit. What happened? How has it changed your business? And, okay, um, you know, so how have you been able since to this happened and because this is relatively new, like, you know, we are talking about like last uh, six to seven weeks, uh, we are kind of like, you know, uh, assessing the situation uh, and and uh, evaluating like you know uh, what happens to the company as a whole ourselves and all of that. But in general, like you know what happens to our customers, like you know existing ones, the potential ones, the uh, prospects, uh, you know uh, again across various domains. So we have been having uh, strategic meetings uh, with with respect to all of these aspects, and and uh, the outcome of it is. Uh, at least like recently, um, as recently as yesterday, uh, we are keeping tabs on, for example, our biggest uh, um, you know, focus that was in the uh, food and beverage area across the supply chain. Uh, we have been keeping tabs on what's happening in that domain. One thing we noticed was um, you know, the food supply chain is breaking down uh, because of closures of food processing plants. Um, you know, meat processing plants and various other food processing plants, like, you know, uh, they, they, they are seeing closure uh, because of trying to protect their workers. If there is a contamination like of coronavirus, then then um, then the, the, there is a need to close that plant. So the supply side is starting to take a hit. Um, again, yesterday, uh, you know, uh, th there was a large food companies, uh, you know, CEO uh, made a statement about how the food supply chain is starting to tighten, right? Like where the abundance is starting to go away. Uh, on the other side, even farmers who grow things like, you know, they are seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, especially on the produce side, uh, you're not going to get uh, pickers that easily to come out and 
pick the uh, you know the, the produce during the harvest season um, all of this has one major thing right uh like you know the supply is going to uh, really tighten like where the amount of things we produce will you know st- start reduce uh and um you know the way it is going to go through the supply chain in terms of sourcing you know and 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 sorting them out and like storing them transporting to retail all of them right a lot of things have changed in those parts uh but one key thing is emerging is reducing food wastage is not just a nice to have feature where you simply say that we reduce food wastage reducing food wastage is going to be part of you know uh, your bottom line like you know where the price of price of like you know produce and you know the raw material uh, versus also with processed food um, you know is going to go up that is expectation because the supply side is like you know having a like you know major issue there in terms of like you know producing um uh, food either in the plants or, or on the growing side um and and uh, this is going to really take a hit on the in the entire supply chain uh, so food wastage reduction across the supply chain is going to become even more necessary uh, with more reasons to invest on it uh, so we see uh, at least the larger trend going towards that uh, are we seeing any immediate changes on that to us right away uh, you know uh, not immediately uh, what we are seeing is the trend is moving towards uh, you know uh, more automation in the food and beverage industry uh, which could help reduce wastages across the entire supply chain and and uh, we could have a big play on that so that is that is one of the one of the major things that we are seeing on the existing uh, you know uh, focus that we had pre covid 19 right so that said um we are not completely ruling out other possibilities one of the things that happened recently uh was essentially like we were uh inquired uh, like you know essentially by a number of potential partnering uh you know entities or funding entities where uh the question about like can we help you know from the medical side from the health side uh which is related to this pandemic where uh, our devices can it you know in a non contact way uh, take a sample of a breath of a individual and and actually like you know meaningfully interpret uh, some health conditions right and uh, the possibility being like can it eventually uh, detect like even the presence of the viral infection in your air tract so that that question has been always been there and uh, like i mentioned in the beginning uh, it is definitely one of the applications that is uh, it's it's a it's, it's a serious possibility and uh, you know it could enable Uh, a lot of new ways to look at healthcare right like you know uh, you know if there is a cheaper way to uh, have a device that can that can make screening easy for uh, you know for the for the healthcare professionals uh, in a non contact way so so given that um, but at the same time our company um, you know largely for the long like the last several years we have been mostly focused on constructed and focusing on um, you know consumer oriented applications right um so moving into a healthcare uh, domain is not a very simple thing like you know it it requires a lot of changes right this would be a large pivot so at this point the best we can do with this uh, is would be to evaluate the technology's capability and you know get it to a point where where we can prove that such a possibility does exist right and that itself requires a lot of things we need partners in the medical domain to even access to people's breath not the best time right now to actually execute it uh, uh, you can imagine right we would need partnership with uh, hospitals 
or other entities where you can get access to um you know breath samples even to even to you know from a research and development perspective right to explore what is possible here so we are definitely up for it uh to explore in a more uh, you know for research purposes to prove that the technology has that capability um and and again it is definitely from a strategic standpoint uh you know we are we are getting ourselves ready for that actually uh, and I, it's a major trend that is something we are observing and and uh, so that is that is those are the two aspects that are very relevant to our technology and our product that are really um i would say has been has become prominent uh, you know uh, in the last 6 to 7 weeks uh, as we are experiencing the current uh, quarantine period I'm sure that when you look at your technology, you look at the the, the transmission of the virus, and you see like a hand and glove fit in terms of uh, potential, and just you know whether or not you you can come to uh, that point where your technology could be adapted. I imagine that you said your team is, is up to the task of exploring the research side of it. Overall, how has COVID affected like the product productivity of your team production? Uh, you mentioned the the fiscal uh, aspect of you know uh, having to touch base with your clients, but what's been going on inside the house of Stratosyn? You know what has the team been doing in terms of so, adapting? So, um, as a technology, um, you know it has like two major pieces here. Um, you know the sensor part and then the uh, um, artificial intelligence part, but also it has uh, cloud infrastructure. Uh, you know which also comes uh, you know as a software part. So there is there is uh, about thirty to thirty five percentage of uh you know the work uh, relates to the hardware side uh for which we have a lab facility which contains like you know a chemistry lab and electronics lab where we make the sensors uh but the rest of the team has been always been uh you know on the cloud side and the artificial intelligence side so when we when we went into the remote working mode um you know the 70% of the team that was in the software side uh not much changed uh, other than getting used to working from home getting used to communicating through like you know uh tools like microsoft teams or like zoom uh and and working effectively so that part has been relatively easy for us um from from the work standpoint right like uh, obviously uh, this has other implications when it comes to work from home like it's not just about work uh, but from the hardware side um we just ensured that we have enough of our sensors everything uh, that are already pre-made that are ready to uh, be shipped if necessary uh, other than that for time being uh, you know we are observing the protocols established by the city and uh, we have shut down our lab right and and uh, the, the that part of the team uh, essentially uh, cu- currently is helping with a lot of characterization activities of the sensors are are uh, basically like we also had uh, consistently as a innovative company we also had several technical breakthroughs uh, that are also like you know going out as like you know patents and uh, innovation disclosure all of that so various so other activities are still there that are continuing and uh, obviously we can't go like this forever uh, you know uh, we are hoping that there will be uh, you know a point where uh, you know we can review this and and take other decisions so that is one piece right but on the other side also like you know we also noticed that at least during the peak time uh you know uh, the, especially like the last uh, i would say the 3 to 4 weeks 
uh, a large number of our customers they all went through shutdowns um, either full shutdown or full work from home mode uh, which also meant that the activities with our customers slowed down significantly um, you know uh, but but nevertheless we actually uh, were in constant engagement with them you know assessing situations uh, trying to uh basically ensure that like you know our current deployments are all like you know in shape going like you know moving forward with those uh, are the ones that are in the initial stage of relationship like you know we are using this time effectively to figure out use cases best applications like you know through essentially like you know communication tools right now so those things were always going on and is still going on right and and for example in europe some of our customers um the shutdown is like you know slowing down and the many cities are coming out of the lockdown and they are slowly introducing uh work from the facility one day and the rest of the time from home those kind of arrangements where some normalcy is coming back and we are expecting like you know some of those customers moving forward with what we were originally doing right so things can get uh restarted on that front and we are getting ready for that um that said this is the work part uh so we have been effectively like you know working from home as best as possible in the scenario um the main part is the mental part right because working from home uh for a team typically that was uh you know like half the day or like one third of the day in each other's face right physically like you know we were all like you know there in the office and working you know going for lunch you know meetings and everything that part is missing uh and it is a, it's a challenge where you know you're essentially like isolated within within your own small apartment or office or uh, sorry uh, your home right to overcome that we have uh, you know structured you know various small things like into our daily routine right uh we have a daily briefings where it's not briefing essentially it's a, it's a, it's a process where the entire team comes together and like we all have casual chat uh you know we touch upon every item like you know we, we, we it's it's not limited to only like work related things work related things could be discussed definitely but we also touch upon how everybody's family is doing uh, anything interesting that's going in anybody's uh, you know uh, personal life like in the sense that like you know the kids the kind of things they're doing a interesting project that is going in their home right now um, you know and and uh, one of the things the gro- team has grown actually closer they have gotten uh, learning more about their colleagues even further right uh because there is a craving for that aspect and the company is enabled uh you know right now with the tools we have to actually do that uh, and it, it it brings a togetherness with you know with respect to like you know everybody you know kind of getting to know each other much more more on a personal sense and also like you know um you know interacting and uh, talking to a point where i believe our team right now everyone uh without thinking if there is a issue they can call somebody within the team to talk if there is a necessity to talk that openness as is is basically there across the team uh we also have our online game nights uh we also have our online uh, you know watch parties like you know uh we watch uh, some funny stuff sometimes we watch ted talks and we conduct like a two hour discussion around that uh one of the recent ones we watched was about languages uh it happens so that you know our team right now uh, you know they speak like 10 mother tongues not even the number of languages from pure from mother tongue standpoint we speak 10 mother tongues right like it's a very diverse team with a large number of languages across and that ted talk uh, triggered like a very fun and like you know active uh, uh, you know zoom session like for for about 2 hours like uh, i i didn't know how the time fly like we were talking about uh, various aspects of 
all our different languages right which all from uh, they are all from different families of languages it was exciting uh, so those are some activities we are embedding along with our work routine so that we actually are coping with this current uh, you know remote uh, work capability amazing so let's in a perfect world right let's say now let's say when when we go back to a more normal tradition you know um COVID has been defeated uh maybe there's a vaccine maybe there's a process people are are back out in the streets do you see stratison ever going back to traditional normal again or has COVID changed the culture, product offerings, and uh, enough where you have to kind of reevaluate what Stratosyn is going to be going forward? Okay, so this question, um, you know, is not just about Stratosyn. This is about generally about the entire world. Are we going to go back to what we called as original normalcy, like you know, pre-COVID nineteen? Uh, I don't think so. That is my personal opinion. Uh, that comes from the experience of um, you know going through the dot com crash and uh, going through the uh, post 911 recession and also i happen to be uh, in the lockdown in the quarantine part of uh, you know sars because i was studying in singapore at that time i was in singapore um, going through those experiences i seen that people's behavior change and uh, when we say people group of people determine the society and groups of you know those different parts of society combining together you 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 get the economy going right like you know so when people's behavior change fundamentally you know that impacts the society the way we live what we care about and then the economy changes accordingly and 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 uh, you know that drives the entire engine right like you know so um i don't believe like we are going to go back to the what we call as the original normalcy we are going to uh, kind of get a new normalcy that we will accept it will have uh, some of the old behaviors definitely uh, you know, it's not going, everything is going to change, but there will be certain new behaviors, right? I'll, I'll give an example. Uh, post SARS uh, in Hong Kong uh, and in Taiwan, uh, everybody had a tendency to carry uh, fresh, you know, toothpicks because, because of what happened with SARS, they didn't want to touch any buttons, like, you know, your public telephone or like uh, the elevator buttons, right? They will use a toothpick to do that. And that behavior has been there for the last 17 years. It's like embedded in their life. Um, things like that, right? We don't know what it did to toothpick sales, but we also don't know how much of that behavior impacted the spread of virus within Hong Kong and Taiwan-like places, uh, you know, because they don't have a tendency to use their fingers, like, you know, to go touch it. Um, so this is a very small example, right? But it, it, it kind of highlights, like, you know, how our behavior, our tendency, like, you know, uh, as a society, as an individual, as a family, as a society, all of that is changing, right? I mean, right now, I never had grocery delivered to my home. Uh, but the last six weeks, you know, I've been getting deliveries to my home. It's and an amazing not, thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's an amazing thing. I, I can pick and choose things, you know, in half an hour in a website and it, it comes like, you know, it's, a, it's simple. Instead of me going there for three hours, uh, you know, and uh, getting frustrated waiting in a queue for the payment and everything. And it, it's just, it's like, so a lot of those behavioral changes are going to happen, right? Like as a society, like uh, about like what we care about, you know, uh, the food supply chain, I already said, right? The abundance might go away, which means the way we consume food, the way we look at food could change, right? Like, you know, how we 
with the way we waste food is going to change actually um and also like you know how things get delivered like how we purchase stuff you know we may get much bigger efficiencies on that um you know and and the medical side of things like you know how as a society there could be a large boom for two decades like you know on gloves and masks because everybody is going to wear it no matter what as a general tendency um and and so so as a whole there is going to be a new normalcy that's my expectation right and i'm not even talking about the economic impact in the current markets like what it is going to do overall like you know uh, because this looks like we are in the mid of you know, you know either slow down or a recession right at least bare minimum right um mm. so so that said stratascent as a company as an entity definitely uh, you know is looking at both you know things that um used to be uh what we call as normal uh, you know and a set of expectations we had around it is going to change right uh, as an example is the food supply chain where what we thought as uh, a technology that can help reduce food wastage but in the period of abundance what could be seen as a nice to have could be a must have now which means is a new uh, emerging um, market with a due necessity and all of that so we need to portion ourselves to capitalize on it right same with healthcare market where can we develop this technology further towards you know a potential medical device in the future right like should we invest in the r&d currently so that we can be ready for that right because um this is this is going to change our behavior as a whole to look at future pandemics right like you know um this is the bigger one right but it was not like the world didn't have anything between the old sars and now we had like h1n1 the swine flu for example in india like you know for a long time dengue fever was a very big one like you know before the uh the covid-19 hit actually like so across the world uh, a lot other kinds of pandemics in uh, you know medium or like large scale even within a within a in a country or something like that always was happening right so we as a whole are going to look at all of those and that those 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 are things like you know we are looking at and uh, both from standpoint of what is changing what variable is uh, you know getting highlighted like you know and and uh, what are the driving factors for the potentially in the future and and uh, uh, is there opportunities for us uh, and at the same time you know we are also evaluating things where some of our assumptions from the past we have to reevaluate that which means we may have to drop certain things right we, so while new opportunities could emerge we also could drop some other things uh, which we were originally thinking of so those are the things that we are internally constantly tracking and and uh, you know and and uh, both from a strategic standpoint which we are try to translate on our tactical set of things that we are currently doing so that we can get ready right like so 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 the team is essentially constantly uh, you know uh, talking about this evaluating this through those meetings that i mentioned right which are uh, not all the time technical uh, only about work uh, but when we talk about you know other things like you know uh, but we are interacting in general and uh, we are also looking at behaviors societies and everything um, you know and and each uh individuals opinion right from the team uh is been phenomenally you know uh i would say like eye opening right because everybody has different background experience uh, some of them are single some of them have three kids some of them have apartment some of them have a large home um and and how they look at all of this even within my team right so you know this has given us a yeah, opportunity to have a forum like mindset where all those things comes in various formats and uh, you know and sometimes it impacts the main strategic discussion which is very official where we 
uh, sit and decidedly think about like what are the possibilities how do we position ourselves but also we let ideas seep through various other activities that we are doing right uh, you know and and so that's how we are getting uh, ready for this uh, you know the post covid-19 world which is not going to be the same which is going to be a new normal definitely you know that's that's very interesting cuz um i've i've like to look at i like to look at like history and i talk with a lot of people and they say that you can kind of see um these historic moments happening in waves and it's like you know we have a, a huge a huge low that's followed up by a huge high in some form or the other um, you know, you mentioned the dot-com crash. I, I lived through, I graduated through the 08 recession and the world was different yeah. prior to 2008. And then post 2008, yeah. you know, I, I think that's when the boom of like tech startups and tech companies and kind of forging your own path and entrepreneurship kind of hit peak mainstream levels. Um, so there is historical context for what you say in terms of, how the world is going to change going forward. You know, whether yeah. it be from COVID-19 and like you said, social norms getting reformatted, uh, economic downturn or anything else, what would your advice be um, as a founder, as a technologist, as a scientist, um, what would your advice be on how tech startups and, and other companies can adapt to the situation of the crisis on a whole? So, um, yeah, very interesting question. Very, uh, uh, a very important question, actually. And um, when when you look at this, uh, uh, you know, this entire aspect of like, you know, how many things are changing. Um, sometimes we can always look into like, you know, how people have done this in the past um, as a society or as a company or even as an individual. We can even take examples from an individual, right? And it's always fascinating how even nature has, you know, showed us that like, you know, um, adaptability is the key. Like, you know, a, a, a company that has the ability to adapt for newly emerging situation, like, you know, or even an individual, right? Like where uh, you can see something as a problem, but you also see like, you know, that problem contains an opportunity as well, right? Uh, we say something is a problem because it deviated from the original plan we had, it deviated from the original normalcy we had, right? So there's a new thing that's happening and uh, it could be painful, but also, you know, if you take time to, you know, um, look at it, like, you know, from a different viewpoint, different perspective, uh, there could be a new opportunity there, right? And that is the key part, right? In terms of, uh, from a high level standpoint, uh, where um, a startup as a founder, uh, you know, and, and we are programmed like that, right? Because in the beginning stages of a startup, uh, you know, you are, you're not in a very, what you call as like a sustained revenue mode. You are, you are, you are raising financing and you're trying to, pro, you know, um, uh, trying to find like a product market fit actually the technology versus the problem you're solving and all of that so you're constantly evaluating and changing so tech startups have that in their genes actually um, in, startups in general i would say have that in their genes to have that adaptability right so that adaptability should be heightened you know uh, that that tendency should be heightened in these scenarios right where you are looking at like, you know, changes that's going on that's, you know, constantly evolving, uh, sometimes even on a day-by-day -day basis, but it also brings new opportunities, right? Uh, which is also, it's not just an opportunity from a standpoint of like, oh, we can make some money here, right? Because startups also have a meaningful aspect of while making money, it is also helping solve a problem, right? So we should have that adaptability to like, to see like, you know, the problem we were originally solving may not me be the 
part of the new normalcy we have but there's a new problem and we can adapt our solution to that right like at the end of the day it's about solving problems right and 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 uh, so that capability is what is necessary right like you know and and uh, being vigilant about you know the emerging scenario and uh, which uh, i believe like all the startups you know traditionally have like you know the the uh, the ability to uh, quickly pivot or change and 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 that has to be heightened and enhanced uh, where where you can have that capability to uh, look for opportunities right and different startups might do it differently and uh, like i said in a, in a, within within stratacent what we have done so far is uh, we have basically enabled our entire team to source ideas right uh, but we don't explicitly say that you all have to generate ideas we just have different uh, you know forums like you know like technical meetings you know standard briefings casual chats game nights watch parties but in this forum people are always essentially end up sourcing ideas and sometimes unexpectedly a idea that was discussed in a watch party aftermath discussion ends up becoming like you know a key thing that the company could consider right like you know and and leaving room for this is the biggest thing a company can do embed that into a culture right and typically startups tend to have this like you know where if you have a culture of openness and uh, you know where ideas could come from anyone uh, in this crisis just enhance that capability amplify that capability across the board because you know the likelihood of someone finding an opportunity that you know nobody else saw because of the unique background that they came back came from uh, and and that's where like you know the diversity of the team also is plays a huge role right like you know so the best tech startups could do is um, you know create that open culture where you know ideas can be sourced from anywhere right like you know and you know when i say ideas it's not like it's it's even identifying a, a opportunity that has to be seen in a particular lens that not everybody can see and somebody who has come from a particular technical background or yeah yeah different uh, cultural background ends up seeing right that is an advantage right but if the if the company doesn't have that culture where that individual never speaks out because like why should i say anything right but if you have the ability or forums to bring out those things that that is how we can identify opportunities chase after them come out of this like you know more stronger than ever actually and and so that is the key in my opinion use, ch- use it as a chance to reinvent yourself find new opportunities and pursue them to the best of your ability yeah I yep. like that. I like that. Ashok, thank you so much um, for joining us. Just in case people wanted to find out more about Stratasyn or about yourself, uh, where can they find you? Oh, you know, we have our website, www.stratasyn.com. And uh, we have a Facebook page, LinkedIn page. There's a YouTube channel, uh, you know. And so we are all available in social media. Uh, they can reach out to us. There is an email ID mentioned in our in our website. They they can reach out to us in that form. Uh, usually we respond even on comments in the in the in the social media pages and etc. So yeah, there is various forms and we are very proactive about it. Like you know, uh, we 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 have uh, constantly checking like you know uh, all those uh, pages and uh, and our uh, the requests from our website and everything and constantly responding to it. So uh, people can easily reach out to us actually through those mediums. On the next episode of The Launch, an investor gives us some insight on what funding and raising capital could look like for startups going forward after the COVID-19 pandemic has subsided. 
you know, so the news is if, if you're a traditional bricks and mortar retailer, you got a world of hurt coming to you. If, if you're running a mobile app that changes how retail works, that's the future. So there might be a couple of tough years, but that's, you know, that, that's just run of the mill. The, the world will survive, things will come back. And for tech startups and startups in general, uh, focusing on the new, new world, I, I think there's better days ahead.